Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that is our weekly buzz, where we give you a rundown of articles that are of interest to Amazon, Walmart, and e-commerce sellers, and we have interviews with people in the industry you need to hear from, and training tips of the week that'll give you serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. Let's see what's buzzing this week. We've got a variety of articles. Obviously, top of mind for everybody right now is, is Prime Day, so we're going to talk about some some Prime Day results and some anecdotes that we've been seeing in the message boards. And I definitely, you know, want to know about your Prime Day. Uh, we also have articles uh, about Shopify and how they're going to start using AI. Uh, Timu is causing some kind of negative waves in the industry. We'll talk uh, a little bit about that. And then also we're going to have uh, some interesting information maybe you haven't heard about um, because maybe you think it didn't affect you, but UPS potentially uh, might have a strike and so as Amazon sellers or Shopify sellers, how is that going to affect you? We're going to have some uh, an article about that and an interview with a specialist of, um, on that so that we can you know be prepared if that strike goes down. At the very end, we're also going to have a training tip from uh, Shivali about you know, uh, one of, the, one of the, the many ways that you can expand your brand out there. All right, let's go ahead and hop right into the news. All right, the uh, first article that we've got today is from CNBC. And again, it's just about Prime Day, all right? Uh, this was published a Wednesday morning, and it was from Annie Palmer, and she said that the Prime Day is off to a strong start early data shows, all right? So uh, on Tuesday, um, it says online spending in the U.S. rose about 6% to $6.4 billion, making it the single biggest e-commerce day so far this year, according to Adobe Analytics. And, you know, it wasn't just Amazon who was doing something for Prime. There was Walmart Plus. You know, Target, Kohl's, Best Buy, everybody was doing uh, discounts. Um, Adobe expects U, uh, total U.S. online sales to grow 9.5% year over year to $13.1 billion during the two-day event. Last year, uh, U.S. consumers spent more than uh, $11.9 billion. Uh, it said as of midday Wednesday, Prime Day shoppers spent more per order with an average order size of $56. I don't know about that. Like I just did an order for my whole family and it was like $650. So I guess I'm the one moving this this average up. Everybody in my household wanted to buy stuff from Prime Day. But I'm just curious, how was uh, your Prime Day out there? Um, in one of my accounts, you know, the, the Project uh, 5K account, the sales have been just abysmal lately. Let me just show you uh, what it was last week here. Uh, but, you know, like, we were doing like $100 days and $400 days, $300 days. Earlier in the week, we, we had like two $200 days. I haven't been paying attention to this account much, much, but you can see during Prime Day for the two days, it jumped up to $1,000 each day, uh, You know, which was like 4X, 3X what it was the other days. Um, there's uh, people out there in our message groups. Let me read you some, some notes here. Gonzalo said, hey, it was similar to last year, but actually the whole of July didn't do, uh, go well. So he was up. Uh, we, you know, who's been on the podcast, he was saying uh, 3X sales on day one for him. And it was interesting. He had an interesting strategy. You know, he was, uh, you know, had an email campaign that he did to to his audience. And that actually worked uh, well, sending that outside traffic. Another uh, another uh, Helium 10 Elite member said, uh, you know, first day was amazing. Second day was just kind of uh, so-so. Um, another member said 82% increase in unit sales from last year on U.S. and Canada. Uh, another one said 177% increase in unit sales. Uh, one more Helium 10 user um, had said, my best sales day I've had in five years. 
The past two months have been slow, but yesterday I beat my old record by $3,000. So congratulations to all the sellers who were, were crushing it out there. I want to know how did you do? Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you know, let us know in the comments below. Um, or you can um, you, you can you know hop on into the Healing Ten Members Facebook group and then give us a give us a heads up on on how how your Prime Day was. Was it better than uh, last year's Prime Day? For me, like it was very interesting to see how much positive comments there were because I, I don't know I, I don't want to say everybody was pessimistic, but people I don't think had really really high expectations this year. But the overwhelming response was, my goodness, we, we had a great Prime Day. Last year, it was more mixed. You know, a lot of people were like, ah, I'm, I'm only up by a little bit. Um, or, you know, my sales were just really, really down the day before. So I didn't see too many negative comments. So really interesting. Could be probably the biggest Prime Day ever. But again, let us know in the comments below, how was your Prime Day? All right, the next article is not about Amazon, but it's about Shopify. Uh, it says, this is from Reuters and says, Shopify to launch its AI assistant for merchants. So something interesting, you know, everybody, all the rage, talk, people talking about AI, and they said they're going to launch an artificial intelligence assistant for merchants on its platform. All right. The latest technology company to roll out such a feature. The assistant is going to be called Sidekick, and it's going to be embedded as a button on Shopify and answer merchant questions, including details about sales trends etc. All right. So, you know, more companies are integrating uh, AI. So kind of interesting there. Uh, next article is from Business Insider. The article says the title Timu is baiting Amazon with 90% Prime Day discounts. <laughs> Amazon wants nothing to do with a Chinese site. All right. So during Prime Day, there were just ridiculous like sales on, on here, um, like 90% off. And it's, it's, it was pretty in, intense from, from what it sounds like. I didn't do any shopping, so I don't know. But it says there were daily flash sales and list many products for as low as $2. But on Timu, it seems like every day is Prime Day, this this article has said. Um, and Timu has been criticized for its questionable prices and third-party listings. Um, so that's that's interesting. This is kind of a, kind of um, you know, I'm not sure if this is on your radar, guys, but we've talked about Timu in the past, might be. Uh, as, in, as far as the next article I'm going to show, might be something you guys need to be uh, worried about. Now, in January, Timu's uh, GMV, gross merchandise value, reached nearly $200 million. All right. Now, that's nothing compared to, you know, $12 billion of Amazon is going to hit from Prime Day uh, alone. But still, this is, it's, it's rapidly growing. And the interesting thing that Amazon sellers need to worry about is this other article from Wired.com. That's entitled Timu sellers are cloning Amazon storefronts. Now, this is concerning. All right. This article here says David has spent the last two and a half years building a top selling store on Amazon. And then but what happened was he uh, it says in May, David was browsing through Timu and uh, he was surprised to find two listings that looked identical to his own best selling products. Pictures were the same product descriptions use the same keywords. He's like, Hey, I, I took and edited these photos myself. This is all my stuff. All right. I mean, the duplicate listings, uh, even had the test certificates from Switzerland with his company address on them. But here's the catch. The Timu products, 30% cheaper. They were listed. And it said in the past month, David's sales of those two products fell by more than 20%. All right. So, so wired was doing this, uh, this check and it says it's found a lot of different cases like that where where Timu is like copying 
Amazon listing. So it might be something you want to check. You know, I would go onto uh, these websites like Timu and check if if your products are showing up there, and then uh, you can report it uh, to to Timu. But again, like I said, just because they're a new up and comer, you know, not established or not as big as Walmart or anything, doesn't mean that you guys should ignore it. You better know what's going on over there on that website. Speaking of kind of like shady uh, things going on, we all know that it's against the rules to sell stolen goods. But if you're doing wholesale or, or resale, did you know that there's actually a trend now of some of these sellers unknowingly getting or uh, being caught selling stolen goods and then being suspended from Amazon? That's the next article here from CNBC entitled Amazon sellers say they were kicked off site after unknowingly hawking stolen goods. All right, it says dozens of third-party sellers have been suspended by Amazon in recent months for allegedly selling stolen goods. Now, this isn't just the, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of suspensions, but these are uh, ones that CNBC kind of like investigated and thinks that these are legit. You know, they, they did not, they had no idea it was stolen. Um, it says they were mainly like a lot of stolen goods from, or uh, according to Amazon, stolen goods from like appliance brands such as uh, Keurig, uh, Shark Ninja, but these suspended sellers told CNBC they had no idea they were selling stolen products. They showed all of their invoices, showing they got it from legit sources, et cetera, et cetera. And they're not, you know, not able to get information out of Amazon as far as details as to why Amazon said it's stolen. So if you're doing the wholesale uh, method, maybe drop shipping or reselling, just something to keep aware of. If you have a brand name product where the deal is too good to be true, might want to do a little bit more due diligence with investigating it because obviously that if, if you're a big seller, last thing you want, I mean, it doesn't matter what size seller you are, anybody, but you know, last thing you want is to get your account shut down because Amazon is accusing you of, of selling uh, stolen goods. Another off Amazon article, this one is by uh, Yahoo Finance. Just interesting, uh, Roku is kind of doing a collab with Shopify. So now Roku users will be able to buy products from Shopify merchants directly through Roku TVs, all right? So so it sent Roku shares um, increasing. Now, this is this is interesting, you know, like for those who don't know, I, I know about this or about Roku because that's what powers the TVs in my house where it's kind of like this remote control attaches to a USB stick and that's how I like get my streaming TV. It's how I get my YouTube. It's how I watch my Korean dramas on, on Viki. It's how I watch my Netflix, my Amazon Prime video. All comes through Roku. And the interesting thing about how Roku works is all those platforms, like I even signed up on the Roku where I just hit a couple buttons because Roku has my payment information and then I can check out using Roku without having to enter my credit card or things like that. So I'm assuming that later this deal is going to have like ads for Shopify products and somebody just clicks a couple buttons on the remote control and then can check out and buy products. So, you know, how does this, I mean, if you have Shopify, that's obviously there's a tie in there, but you know, there's, you know, ways to potentially have, uh, you know, Amazon products, people say on, on Shopify, um, or at least fulfill your, your Shopify products, you know, using, uh, Amazon. So even if you're an Amazon seller, this could down the road, have some applications, um, to you and who knows, you know, maybe Roku will collab with Amazon to, to put that available. So just something uh, interesting to keep an eye out once that integration is uh, fully available. Uh, last article of the day is actually from NPR. And it's talking about the how a UPS strike could disrupt deliveries here in the USA. All right. So so coming at the end of this month, there could be the largest strike against a single employer in US history. And that's UPS, because there's talk of a nationwide walkout by 340,000 
UPS workers. All right. So, you know, you might be wondering how it's going to affect you potentially. So what we did was I actually brought on a, a shipping expert to uh, ask him some questions uh, about how, you know, who, who this is going to affect, um, you know, especially, you know, long TLDR, those of you who are doing any kind of fulfilled by merchant, but, you know, think about it. I mean, it could be affecting you if you do, you know, small, small parcel shipments to Amazon from your own warehouse. Like I do, you know, I, I use UPS as the partner carrier. That could affect that. Not much solution there. We'll have to wait for Amazon to have a solution, but how does, uh, how is this going to affect you, uh, Shopify sellers or people who are, who are shipping, um, you know, from your own warehouse. Let's go ahead and listen to this interview and see if you can uh, glean some points from it. Okay, so uh, Steve, first of all, what company do you work for and what do you do? Uh, my name is Steve Nadell. I work, I'm the CEO of Freight Innovation. We are a consulting company that helps uh, shippers, primarily e-commerce shippers, small parcel, lower their transportation spend with UPS, FedEx, USPS, and all the regional carriers. Okay, so... A couple of things that come to mind, you know, there, there's been news about, you know, potential strike. I've also heard some sellers say, hey, you know, like we've had some weird things going on at the port where where stuff coming from overseas and it's going to be transferred to UPS. And then there's talk about UPS says it doesn't exist or just weird things like are these things related or are these just things isolated or is just just some general strangeness happening at UPS these days? Some of it is related and some of it is uh, is probably just customers not sure and paranoid about what's going on and what how it impacts them. Um, and rightfully so, because right now, um, you know, UPS is seems like it's heading towards a strike. Uh, it might not happen. But remember, there's primarily a duopoly right between UPS and FedEx. Um, and so if UPS does strike, all of that volume is going to have to shift over to uh, FedEx. FedEx may not even be able to absorb it all, um, but certainly the people who are FedEx customers or FedEx clients are going to be the ones that are going to get preference over the people who are just UPS customers looking for a couple weeks of shipping. And so those customers are going to have to pay a hefty premium um, at best, and at worst, they might not be able to get their product picked up if there is a strike. Now, I think um, you know not everybody ships direct to consumers. Here, but but one of the ways that many people use UPS through Amazon is as a partnered carrier for getting like let's say they have their inventory at 3PL here and they're just sure. you know sending uh, yep. non-container loads. Now, what if if UPS strikes? Then how are Amazon sellers going to get their products to to Amazon? Like, does Amazon? I, I don't even know. Like, does Amazon also partner with FedEx uh, on this? Do you know? So they, Amazon and FedEx have had a severed relationship recently um, as, you know, it was kind of a mutual decision. Um, so, but certainly, right, there, I would assume that Amazon is going to allow stuff to come however it can, right? People also have a little bit larger stuff they send through LTL carriers, and that's quite common in the FBA world. So I think the FBA world um, or that aspect of it, if the product is there, um, already, um, it's going to. It could cause slow slowdown. Certainly, there. They. I assume that Amazon. They haven't announced anything, but Amazon would have to accept. You know, FedEx or other carriers receiving the product to to keep their system moving. But you know, that's the hope. But I think that for those shippers who already have product at FBA, Amazon, and that are going to ship through Amazon, there's probably a little bit less of a concern than the people who are also have an FBM component or a D2C component. Okay. Now, yeah. So me, me, I, I do FBM too, but very, very little these days. I mean, back in the day, I used to do like 
600 packages a day because I had some different operations sure. coming out here. But now, you know, like FBM orders uh, and, you know, orders I still, I do on Etsy and, and and things like that is, you know, maybe only like five to 10 a day. And I, I think I use like stamps.com or something like that. But through there, you know, if it's not if it's not USPS, which is only for like the very small and light uh, products, you know, I am exclusively using UPS. So, yeah, for me, that means I'm either going to have to pay double for and sometimes more for USPS or, or or maybe like go with get an account with FedEx or something, because, you know, some larger items just doesn't make any sense to send it uh, via USPS because of how, how much it costs. Correct. Yes. And so, right. So a one pounder, less than a pound, you'll probably be fine. But for people who have other stuff, um, you're absolutely correct. Uh, they're going to need a FedEx account. And actually, the time to get that FedEx account was about three months ago. So mm-hmm. people who are now trying to get that are going to have two situations. They're either going to be told no, or they're going to pay a serious, serious premium. So for people like that, like what we're recommending to people right now for our consulting clients is um, we have access to a variety of programs that are already plug and play that people can basically have aggressive rates, possibly even better than what they have with UPS, but that they can have aggressive rates already. Um, and that won't take as long to set up. And so we're pushing a lot of our consulting clients to start using um, those FedEx programs in the interim while we figure everything out and while we see what happens, at least to have a contingency plan in place. So the key is really having a contingency plan. Now, if, if if the strike does happen, the earliest it would happen or the day it would happen would be the, the 31st of July? Correct. Okay. But if you think I'll... about what that means, it means you really need to be set up yesterday because it's you know July 12th right now. So by the time you get set up, get a daily pickup, you know, you're not you're looking at the earliest next week, maybe the middle or end of next week to get everything going. And then, you know, at some point, right, if it seems like it's heading in a strike direction, right, FedEx is already at least in to us and other people already having those conversations about what's the volume that they have. Do they have any additional volume with UPS and allocating and making sure they even have the truck space for it? All right, cool. Well, uh, if anybody wants to reach out for for more questions uh, about this or, or to get more information, how can they uh, find you on the interwebs out there? So they can go to partners at freightinnovation.com. Uh, um, they can reach out there and that's probably the best way. And they could just send us a message you know, that says, hey, UPS strike, need FedEx programs ASAP and we can introduce them to those uh, solutions. Okay, cool. Well, thank you very much for coming on and giving us this uh, update. My pleasure, Riley. All right. So there you have it, guys. Um, you know, this might be something that uh, you need to be aware of this potential UPS strike. So hopefully it doesn't go down. Uh, but if it does, you know, be prepared, start you know, preparing now. We still got a couple of weeks before it might go down. All right. So that's it for the uh, news this week. One thing I just wanted to uh, bring out for those of you um, que hablan español, all right? So if you speak Spanish, what I want you to do, guys, is bust out your phones right now. Uh, go to either Spotify or Apple Podcasts and then type in Serious Sellers Podcasts and Español, all right? Serious Sellers Podcast in Español, and it'll take you to uh, our Serious Sellers Podcast hosted by Adriana, and we've got tons of great Spanish content on there all right we don't have the weekly buzz on there but we got ton- every week there's a different uh, interview that that she's doing now sprechen sie deutsch you know if you speak german guys make sure to go to uh, serious sellers podcast auf deutsch all right so again every single week we've got a different interview with somebody else hosted by marcus a lot of um, interesting articles here i'm just scrolling through these articles i have no idea what the heck these 
uh, these say, and I, I don't even want to uh, try to pronounce it <laughs> right here, but a lot of great uh, guests that Marcus has had too. So Serious Sellers Podcast in Espanol and Serious Sellers Podcast Auf Deutsch. Make sure to subscribe. All right, last up, we've got a quick video here uh, from Shivali, who's going to talk about a way using black box and uh, the rest of our tools to you know look at your competitors to perhaps find some product line extensions. All right, guys. So product line extension, super exciting idea because it means that your brand is expanding. And there are, of course, many ways to do that, whether you are using market tracker or just in person, you're at a store, you're browsing. What you're going to want to do ultimately is find some gaps in the competition. And so I'm going to show you how you can take a look at one of your competitors, maybe, and find something that you could use to extend your line. Let's get into it. If we were taking a look at our search results page for the niche that we're interested in, at the moment, I have the coffin shelf search results pulled up. And what we would do is take a look at one of our competitors that we're interested in expanding out. So let's say we jumped into this one right here, the wall decor coffin shelf. I would want to navigate to my right-hand panel right underneath that buy now button where it says sold by. And then I could select this, copy Kiyu Craft, go into black box and make sure that I'm underneath the products tab where I could paste underneath the exact seller search and click search to essentially end up getting all of these other products that this brand or not this brand, but this seller is selling. And so here you have a moon shelf, you have remote control holder wood, you have a style crate. So the overarching theme here is wooden items, but you do also occasionally have different style boxes. So you have that toilet paper holder, which maybe isn't quite coffin themed, but it's still something that is generating revenue. And it's stacked up, of course, next to each other where you can take a look at the monthly revenue, the monthly sales, the price point. Of course, you have access to the historical information for this product. So if I zoom out here, you can see that I can expand it out by 30 days, 90 days, one year and all time. And at any point, if I wanted to see like a certain period, I could just drag and drop and it will zoom in for me. I'm going to close out of that. You also have last year's sales, which is super interesting because maybe if it stacks up with the trend and it's going upwards, then you can kind of measure how it's moving overall in the market. You also have your weight, your storage fee, your best sales period, and of course, your number of images, variation count sales to review and how young or old that product is. One way that you can find additional product line extension ideas, by no means does it mean you have to run with the first one, but it's a great place that you can start to shortlist some items or even start going down the rabbit hole. So maybe you saw that moon shelf and you thought, huh, I wonder what Etsy is doing about it. You could go to Etsy, take a look at the moon shelf, and then maybe you'll end up finding some eccentric things for crystals, right? And you can kind of start connecting those dots and find a really awesome product to add to your line. All right, thank you, Shivali, for that tip. You guys, I hope you have uh, either used that or are going to use that. It's a great way. I've actually used that uh, method recently to potentially launch some new products. I've got some, uh, I look for some product line extensions on Project X. I use that very technique, and I, I was about to get let the cat out of the bag, but no. Uh, I want to wait about three or four weeks. I'll be doing a YouTube video to show you some of these new Project X products 
that I use that technique uh, to find and uh, that I am launching. So guys, thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of our Helium 10 Weekly Buzz. Make sure to check next Thursday this episode to see what's buzzing.